Don't you want devoted followers who leave their families for you, give their money to you, give their bodies to you, give up their lives for you, consider you God, and will kill for you? Okay. Hi. Hello, everybody. I'm Healy. <laughs> I'm Maddie. And, and welcome... What is this? I forgot the name. <laughs> and this is God Told Us to Tell You. It's a podcast and we're going to talk about a different cult every week that interests us or a book or a movie about a cult or whatever. And we're going to probably end up gossiping about it more than <laughs> diving into the facts because that's what our capability is. So if you want <laughs> if you want facts and history, I would maybe turn to an original text. Yeah, we're going to consume random pieces of cult media. And just gab about that. So we originally thought it was going to be like a serious sort of journalistic thing. We were like, we'll read books. We'll talk about the serious stuff. And then um, our book that we did last week was like a really dark book. And we couldn't stop making jokes about it and talking about who was hot and who was not. So I guess that's what we have to sort of stick with. (laughs) And I think it took us like a month to read the book. So like we won't Mm -hmm. be reading books like books will not be our main medium. You got to say. Yeah, we're all about, uh, what's it called? Testing and re... Testing and redoing. There's a... Yeah. Whatever. Test runs. Yeah. And reevaluating. Yeah. Let's do a test run and then reevaluate after that. That sounds jargony. Yeah. Like... This is like our, our crash dummy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um... What did we, what are we talking about this week? This week we are talking, you know, you, we just said that we're going to go into cults and this week we're going to talk about Tom Cruise. So not necessarily Scientology, but like Tom Cruise and how it just dating life. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, if you guys didn't already know, Scientology is sort of Tom Cruise's matchmaking service. His life story Mm -hmm. is kind of like the princess and the pea and he's the pea and David Miscavige is the king. (laughs) Um, So this week we're going to be talking about Tom Cruise and his relationship to Scientology and his dating life and his weird sexual secrets, which everyone keeps hinting at, but not saying what they are. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no, uh, no spill in the beans on what's weird (laughs) about Tom Cruise's sex life, but there's something. What did you know about Tom Cruise and Scientology going in? I feel like I didn't know much. I had seen that South Park episode um, about Scientology. I know that L. Ron Hubbard wrote a book about the best way to make a bunch of money was to make up a religion. Tom Cruise, I was never very interested in. I knew he was famous, but... And like in action movies. Um, sort of the same. I think like growing up, I thought Tom Cruise was one of like the four celebrities. And it was like Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, Jennifer Aniston, and George Clooney. And those were like the celebrities. So I knew he was like hot shit, but I didn't realize that he was so insane until we started watching these interviews. Um, he's really quite crazy. He is <laughs> insane. <laughs> He's really Looney Tunes. So should we do a quick, we'll do a quick intro to Scientology. Um, and we'll do more Scientology episodes if this continues to. I'm sure we'll read like Leah Remini's book and watch Going Clear and stuff like that. Because there's so much more to cover and we're, we really got specific with this one. Yeah, we chose um, a very niche area. 
start with. We'll give you guys a quick overview of Scientology, just in case you're Mm -hmm. not at all familiar. Um, The church was founded by a science fiction writer, L. Ron Hubbard, in 1950 in D.C. I live right by the first church. It's in like uh, DuPont Circle. Ugh, DuPont Circle area. If you guys are some DCers out here, <laughs> we'll do a meet up there. Yeah. Um, Leah Remini, she's she former Scientologist. She says everything in Scientology is a promise of when you get to these upper levels, you'll handle this or that about yourself. So it's like a pay as you go religion. Um, there, I mean, there are tons like that. Like Nexium seems to be another one of those, and sort of like pyramid scheme cults. So that's sort of how it's laid out. Oh, you have to pay like an exorbitant exorbitant amount to be able to like yeah get to the highest levels and then read the secret text that l ron hubbard has it's like yeah which are also on google and we're actually going to tell you what's in the secret text in like two seconds (laughs) don't but don't shell over your hundreds of thousands to them just yet (laughs) um they offer free services in the beginning but then it costs more and more and more and people end up like mortgaging their houses and stuff like the basic beliefs and this is like the secret and the big secret text Um, are that humans are immortal and they carry spiritual distress from past lives. Um, That immortal force is called a thetan. And the goal is to become an operating thetan instead of having them like floating around in your bloodstream. Um, They promote the idea of ancient intergalactic civilization in which millions of beings were destroyed and became what are known as body thetans. So this king or emperor or whatever, his, his planet was overpopulated So he shot a bunch of his citizens into space. They landed on Earth in volcanoes. Eventually, those volcanoes interrupted, (laughs) interrupted, erupted. And so the souls of those aliens got shot into the atmosphere and like somehow ended up in our bloodstream. And their emotional trauma is sort of what's weighing us down as people. And if you're wondering, what was L. Ron Hubbard's job before this? He was a science fiction writer. Did you already say that? <laughs> yeah, but I think it's important to repeat because <laughs> it's obvious he's very creative. And Yeah, because does this sound like Star Wars to you guys? <laughs> when you can't make movies, you make cults. Honestly, it does seem like running a cult is in this day and age like a solid business plan until you get shut down by the IRS or something. Which, anyway, if you just do your taxes right, what, you could probably go a while. Yeah, you probably could. Hire enough lawyers. That's a Scientology strategy. Um, They talk a lot about like self-improvement and they use a lot of language from conventional psychology. Um, They talk about transcending bad thoughts, which is a a very Nexium thing too. like don't accept your bad thoughts and your negative emotions, like talk yourself out of them, which is also kind of a way that they control you. And then while they're taking a lot of ideas from psychiatry, they're publicly attacking psychiatry and traditional therapy and saying like all that stuff is fake. They're ruining America, basically. Yeah. They're anti like any sort of medication, like seeking any sort of treatment that isn't like coming to Scientology and paying them money and and confessing or like being audited your sins away. They have like a rehab center and stuff, too. Um, So they're really like preying on people who are seeking like mental health help and stuff. Their main text is Dianetics, which is the Dianetics, the modern science of mental health. Um. Anyone who is against Scientology is called an SP or a suppressive person. They really like their acronyms. And they say that SPs make up about 2.5% of the population, which doesn't make sense to me because not 97.5% of the population are Scientologists. But I, I feel like 
for an, to be an SP, do you have to like have been in Scientology and then left? That's possible. Yeah. Although they say in their like list of SPs um, are like Leah Remini, Napoleon, Nicole Kidman and Hitler are all SPs. Oh, according to Scientology. So I don't know. So some some pre Scientology people can also be SPs. Yeah. Napoleon and Hitler. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. They say a suppressive person will goof up or vilify any effort to help anybody. <laughs> goof up. That is the quote. Goof up. They say that the quote is a suppressive person will goof up or vilify any effort to help anybody who's trying to make human beings more powerful or more intelligent. <laughs> you know what? Hitler really did goof up. That is the perfect way <laughs> to really describe him. Up. If goofing up makes you an SP, add us to the list. <laughs> but it's right next down to Napoleon and Hitler. Like what? <laughs> Except I would love to be on the list with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, totally. Does your mom have like a vengeance against Nicole Kidman? Because mine does. And I wonder if it's a mom thing. No. Oh, my mom like hates her guts. The actor my mom hates is um, Adam Sandler. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I have not heard Nicole Kidman slander. Actually, I think my mom likes her. Really? Yeah. My mom can only talk about how weird her face looks. (laughs) Anyway, Scientology has, like they say, 10,000 churches or groups operating in 167 countries with 4.4 million people signing up each year. But this is likely super inflated. Um, And yeah, I mean, that's the thing about numbers is you can kind of just make them up. So who knows? I know they have multiple churches in D.C., but multiple in one city does not mean that they have 10,000. Doesn't quite add up. Yeah. And, you know, if we're not convincing you to join Scientology, like, I'm going <clears> to <throat> let the man, the myth, the legend tell you in his own words, like, um, what this religion means to him. It's just like, it's, it's something that uh, I don't mince words with that, you know, with, with anything that LRH does. But that policy to me has really gone, boy. And I, 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 there's a time I went through and said, you know what? When I read it, I, you know, I just went, this is it. So that was Tom Cruise. Do you want to talk about like how, where he came from and how he got involved with Scientology in the first place? Yeah. So Mr. Tom Cruise came from, I, I don't know where he grew up. I can't remember. Where did he grow Ohio. I want to say okay. Ohio. Just like a regular old family. His dad, I think, kind of slapped him around a bit. He had severe dyslexia and was like pretty much illiterate and he like very young got into acting and like directors just loved him like he'd go out for this teeny little part and then they'd like create a whole like big part for him I guess he you know somehow was learning his lines really well even though he couldn't read and I haven't necessarily witnessed his amazing acting skills um but I think they're there to make him that big <laughs> of a star. Think he has potential. <laughs> um, but yeah, very young, he like started shooting to stardom. And I do want to point out one thing about his childhood because I think it hints at, or it starts a theme of his later weird oh. sex life. I think. Yes, this is very important. <clears throat> um, I think his dad so like died or something. Dad, something out of the picture. Yeah. Um. His mom, he said, was kind and caring. Tom would massage her feet for 30 minutes each day after work. And then 
when she got married to his stepfather. This is his own words that he then repeated again publicly. I felt threatened by my stepfather. There's a part of you that's in love with your mother. So (laughs) just keep that in mind. (laughs) We'll come back to it. Oh, and so so apparently Tom Cruise has been in like movies like that (laughs) all are. (laughs) So he's been in movies, apparently, supposedly more than the born. He was he is Jason Bourne. I've seen that. I would have thought that was like Jason Statham or something. Okay, that's the one who's in. I thought that was him too. <laughs> okay, you learn something new every day. Yeah. Um, but he, I don't know what these movies are called. Oh, he's also Top Gun. I've never seen it. Top Gun. Or the what do you? Oh, oh, oh Mission Impossible. World. Mission Impossible. Oh, that's what I meant. <laughs> Not Mission, Impossible. <laughs> Mission Impossible. Mission <laughs> Impossible. Because they're the same movie. <laughs> yeah, they're all the same. Um, and some court movie, which is where we get the quote, you can't handle the truth because Tom Cruise is screaming. He is like behind. If he doesn't say it, he is in a scene with the person who says like the most, the most cliche lines in movie history. Um, like you can't handle the truth and the you, you had, had me, me at hello. hello, show me the money. <laughs> I have a need for speed. <laughs> yeah. So apparently he was like a big deal in the nineties or whatever. We were babies, so obviously we're not huge fans of his work. I think he's like the biggest cheese ball of the 21st century. And if you're a fan of Tom Cruise's work, just know you're supporting a like really, really detrimental, um, abusive religion. (laughs) Um, His films, even if we don't like them, even the bad (laughs) ones, they say regularly rake in over $250 million. Yeah, it's like guaranteed if you have Tom Cruise in your movie, like back in the day. I don't know about now. But like if you had Tom Cruise in your movie, you were going to make a, a ton of money. I don't so know. People liked him. He's probably he's probably the equivalent of what? Like Chris, one of the Chris's, like the, the superhero Chris's. I wonder if we even have an equivalent now. I don't know. Oh, like, no. I was about to say like a Timothy Chalamet. They're very different I said vibes. That too, but They're yeah. very different bi- vibes, but I feel like similar like cash cows. So if you don't know Tom Cruise, think of like a Timothy Chalamet or something. Oh, you know what? Maybe. What? Uh, Robert Pattinson. Okay. He has more, he he also does unhinged interviews. And isn't he in some superhero movie? Batman. He's going to be Batman. the new Batman if that came out okay, yet. Okay, there you go. Or what? I don't follow. Okay, let's rank them on hotness level. Robert Pattinson, Timothy Chalamet, and then um, Tom Cruise. I think that's my order. Same. Okay, cool. <laughs> but anyway, back to Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, how did he get involved in Scientology? So he met a wonderful woman that um, I can only imagine reminded him of his mom <laughs> uh, named Mimi Rogers. And she was raised in Scientology. Her dad was an auditor, which I don't think we explained what auditing is, but it's no. basically like confessionals. Nope, not reality show. Like, like. Like how Catholics go to confession. Yeah. Yeah. But I said confessionals. (laughs) (laughs) Confession. Well, but both similar concept because these are also Mm -hmm. sometimes filmed. Yeah. Secretly filmed. And so it's kind of like the you're trying to get people's deepest, darkest secrets and then they're closer. You have to do a lot of auditing to get like farther up in the church. Um, It's a very like integral part of the religion. And if you get in Um, trouble with the church, like if you do something um, suppressive, then they'll probably punish you by making you do like daily audits and hours and hours of auditing. So Mimi was raised in the church. They seem to send out people like if they want a celebrity to join the church, they'll try to get them to date someone who is raised in Scientology. But she was 31 and he was 24. And yeah, they fell in love and got married and she introduced him to the church and it was really important to him. Their marriage, though, 
didn't last, unfortunately. They were married from May 1987 to February 1990. She immediately after the divorce does an interview with Playboy where she jokes about Tom thinking about becoming a monk because he wants to be celibate to maintain his purity. It's just another note. (laughs) And then this is kind of where we're introduced to um, Miscavige. Um, Jeremy Miscavige? (laughs) David. David. David Miscavige and his involvement with Tom Cruise. So David Miscavige is... So L. Ron Hubbard's dead. Yeah. L. Ron Hubbard dies and then David Miscavige takes over. Um, and people say that David Miscavige like really took Scientology and ran with it. And Scientology moved far away from what L. Ron Hubbard was running it as. And now it's like whatever David Miscavige wants it to be. Really, it is what he says goes. And he took like a very um, personal liking to Tom Cruise and was very destined to become very involved in his life um part of that involvement was convincing him to break things off with mimi another amazing thing that he did was to give tom the freedom medal of valor and what is that um which that is a very important um award you can win from Scientology by being Tom Cruise. It was an award. It was a medal completely made up for Tom Cruise for being himself um, because they really feed into each other's egos, I would say. Mm -hmm. Very intertwined egos. Like Tom brings Um, a lot of attention and celebrity status to the church and David makes Tom feel like a god. And my favorite thing said about the two, like comparing the two, was in the in a Vanity Fair article, Miscavige, two years older and a couple inches shorter than Tom Cruise. <laughs> like why? Because Tom Cruise is like famously five six, right? Yeah, he's he's small. I do think it's funny that this like serious article took the time to point that out though for no reason. <laughs> and it also yeah. so sorry, spoiler, but eventually Tom gets married to Nicole Kidman. We're about to get to it. But when they break mm. up, Nicole goes on David Letterman and she says, if He asks, like, is there any upside to being single? And she says, well, I can wear heels now, which just goes to show, like, even if we're talking about a manic, cult fanatic, evil person with a horrible temper, his worst quality, we're saying, is that he's like five or six. That's his worst quality. (laughs) But yeah. So remember when we said that um, Tom and Mimi broke up in 1990? Well, Tom and Nicole end up getting married in 1990. About like six months apart. February was the breakup and December was the wedding. So at best 10, 10 months. And this is going to be a recurring theme. Whirlwind romances in Tom Cruise's life. Surprisingly, none of them have worked out. There's also rumors and probably truth in the fact that David Miscavige purposely ended the marriage between Mimi Mimi Rogers and Tom Cruise because he wanted Tom to marry Nicole because she was of like higher celebrity status and he wanted more press Mm -hmm. for the church. So that's like sort of the reasoning behind that setup. But so even though Miscavige like wanted Tom Cruise to marry Nicole Kidman, he was always wary of Nicole Kidman because her dad was a psychologist. Yes, yeah, so they were like suspicious of her from the start. Um, together, they adopt two kids, Connor and Isabella. The kids are homeschooled. Uh, they go to audits with dad and take classes on how to recognize an SP. Um, yeah, which later on turns out to be their mom. Um, but their like married life, they're pretty much never alone. They always have the staff like they live at their house and all this stuff um 
this staff that surround them at all times who besides working for their family for free, basically, I think $50 a week for like 80 hour work weeks. Um, besides that job, their other job is to report every single thing that's going on inside the house back to Miskovich. So he can be aware of like literally everything. Like they had a fight about this. The kids are being rowdy. Uh, this is the projects that they're working on. Tom Cruise called this person like insane spying. Which creates this weird thing where like Tom Cruise is definitely complicit in the acts of the church, but he's also under constant surveillance and I'm sure a lot of manipulation. And David Miscavige knows all his secrets, all his weird sexual mm-hmm. stuff that they keep hinting at. So it creates this very tricky like dynamic. Yeah. He like thinks he's the star of the show. And I guess like he is because everyone's watching him. Mm-hmm. Like he has zero privacy, it seems. And like he's Miscavige's doll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a, a puppet for like the press and stuff. Um, and they treat him like a god and he's really like a star in and outside of the church. But yeah, being like constantly monitored and stuff also and sort of under their control at the same time. Oh, but besides Nicole Kidman being like they were really wary of her, she did get like super far up into the church, like doing like, you know, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on audits. She got to C2 or CT2 level which is, um, I think, right before you're able to read L. Ron Hubbard's like special texts. But she never like made it to the last level, I think. So Miskovich, of course, had his little pause in the um, in the divorce. And I think because Nicole maybe found out stuff she didn't like about the church and was kind of she was kind of like taking a bit of a step back, like not wanting to be as involved. And they thought she might take Tom with her and they could not have that. A very interesting thing about Nicole and Tom's breakup is that it happened like a couple months after they had a vow renewal. Which if you're a Bravo fan at all, you could have predicted that is like the most yeah. common trope in the housewives book is renewing your vows and then immediately getting divorced. It is like the kiss of death. <laughs> Tom loves a cliche. Never renew them. You will just get divorced months later. <laughs> um, now their kids are like full grown adults. They're both Scientologists and they were kind of the church sort of separated them from their mom because they called her an SP. Mm-hmm. Connor, the son, is now a deep sea fisherman off the coast of Clearwater, Florida. And Isabella designs tote bags and phone cases in London. So congratulations to them. And so the kids, I always thought that like Tom, like kept the kids away from Nicole and they were married for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. I always thought he kind of kept them away from her, but they lived with her in Australia after the breakup and they would go see Tom. Um, And that's when they would yeah have their like SP classes. And when they would talk to one of the uh, household servants about how like it's so sad because mommy's an SP and so she's evil is what this servant ex-servant said about them in um, Vanity Fair article. So the church was working extra hard to turn these kids against their mom, which I feel like Nicole Kidman got a lot of shit for her kids, like not wanting to be around her and being like a deadbeat mom who abandoned her kids and stuff like that, which Mm -hmm. just is not the case here. I think it's obviously been something really traumatic for her and like horrible. That's why Nicole Kidman is so good at being like the... um, 
like scorn you know she's always playing like a woman in a horrible relationship finds out that her husband is like a killer or something yeah she had 10 years experience of that so she's really good i really want to watch eyes wide shut again too because that is about her and tom play a couple who are like seduced by a cult or are trying to get into a cult and he's more into it than her oh my gosh little did she know that was her life oh my gosh yeah i need to watch that that's insane It's good. It's really scary. She Um, was like, I'm doing this acting part. I didn't think that that would actually be my own. Am I crazy? Yeah. Um, So after the divorce, Tom is single again and he complains to David Miscavige. Can you believe my sister can't even get me a girlfriend? It's been two months and he still hasn't found a new girlfriend. He's like, I'm the number one guy in Hollywood and I can't even get a girlfriend. Not even my sister can convince people to date me. (laughs) I don't know why he brought her into it. If you were ever single, would you be like, not even my brother can help me? (laughs) No, I personally would not be like, hey, are any of your friends interested? Like, what? (laughs) Yes, people with younger brothers. This is like a totally baffling statement. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, so David Miskovich was like, got to get my little bouncing baby boy back back up and happy again. Back in his good spirits. (laughs) So he starts doing these like interviews where these Girls don't realize they're interviewing to be Tom Cruise's girlfriend. They think they're like trying out for like Scientology video part. I don't know, like informational Scientology videos. Yeah. They're calling in all these girls and making them answer all these questions on tape, which some which (laughs) the questions are like, what do you think about Tom Cruise? (laughs) (laughs) And then they're like seeing if they'll work. And they um, their criteria is that they have to find someone beautiful, dedicated to Scientology and okay with having David Miscavige around 100% of the time because that he keeps is getting in the way of Tom's marriages. Shockingly. Like, wait, who is this guy that's standing over uh, our bed? <laughs> Why do our servants keep running back to him, <laughs> whispering secrets in his ears? Um, I really want like rom-com where like Tom's new girlfriend is played by Ben Stiller and he has to impress David Miscavige played by Robert De Niro. <laughs> it's like yeah. a light rom-com with a cult twist. A cute little cult twist. Oh, and they also... Have I think at this point started taping, secretly taping Tom Cruise's audits mm-hmm. um, so they can get better insight into what he needs in a girlfriend. And how they do that is David and Sally Miskovich take all the recordings of Tom Cruise's audits and play them for their friends while like drinking whiskey and making laughing and making fun of him. They say in the Vanity Fair article, I think they're like, once it gets to 2 a.m. at the Miskovich's house, people are listening to Tom Cruise's audits and like playing pool and laughing and like so drunk. And Tom has no idea. (laughs) David Miskovich and Tom Cruise are supposed to be best friends. Could you imagine your best friend secretly recording your deepest, darkest secrets, taking that recording and hanging out with people and showing them like different people all the time, showing them your deepest, darkest secrets and like making fun of you and laughing at you. I will expose myself a bit here and say that after college, some of my friends got a hold of a diary of one of our other (laughs) friend's boyfriends. A boyfriend's diary? Mm -hmm. And people read it. I don't know. We might have to cut this out, but people read it and it provided fodder for gossip for like two years. So yeah, I can put myself in David's shoes. We probably cut something out just now. I revealed a secret. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Moving on. Back to Tom. It's just like, what is Tom's sex secret? You'll never know, but you know something's there. 
But after months and months, they settled on, and I'm going to butcher her name. Sorry, guys. Nazanin Bunaidi. She was Iranian, I think. Oh, I guess we skipped over. I think he was interested in Penelope Cruz or something. And yeah, he actually, I think, dated Penelope Cruz for a while. And then she was kind of weirded out by Scientology or something like that. But um, Nazanin also, so they decided to choose the perfect person. Um, she was raised as a Scientologist. I think her mom was one, but not her dad. And she and this is in 2004 so actually tom cruise went four years out of Tingle. a marriage sucks Sad. um with penelope cruz like sprinkled in there so the things that they made her so, so they just told nazanin that she was destined they needed her to do something like very important for the world internationally like to help save the world which she was very passionate about and so for this like top secret special project like she had to do a lot of training for it because it was so important and she she felt thought that would be worth it um so they made her go through daily auditing for months she had braces they made her take off her braces early like didn't finish fixing her teeth. She had red highlights in her hair. They made her dye her hair um, just to like her natural color because they didn't like that. Um, she did have a boyfriend that she really liked. They also got hit, who she brought into Scientology. They got him to do audits. They secretly taped those audits and then showed Nazanin something from those audits to make her not be interested in him anymore and break up with him. <laughs> then they made her write a 20 page single space paper on what she needed in her life, her partner, her goals, like everything about herself. And then after all of this prep work, she was able to go on her special mission, like critical for the state of the world. Oh, and, and David Miscovich like dressed up in a suit and stuff. So she really was like, oh, this is serious because normally he dresses like a bum. They fly on a like a private jet to New York. They get into this building. She's following David Miscovich and they just so happen to bump into Tom Cruise. This is her Mission Impossible and it begins at Nobu, Manhattan. Oh, yeah. Because at some point, either in the paper or in one of the audits, they made her describe her ideal date. It was a... Uh, Sushi and ice skating. So that's what they did. Sushi and ice skating. That answer is such like if you ask a first grade girl, what's your ideal <laughs> date? Sushi and ice skating. <laughs> like, what? It's not really like uh, activities that I would put together. Like I wouldn't do like sushi is not the food I'd want for ice skating. No, no. Not my strange. combo. Two cold things. Um. So after their first date, which also has an entourage, mm. the next day, Tom brings Nazanin upstate to the set of War of the Worlds and like parades her around the set in front of all of the cast and crew and stuff, which is you would not do if it were a real relationship and you were anyone, but let alone a public figure. You wouldn't be like parading around someone you met the day before. So, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. it's a PR thing and a Scientology thing, but it's just so over the top. Behavior is starting to get more unhinged. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like time progresses. And it's like weighing on Nazanin. Like she still has to do these daily audits. And now they take hours because they're sort of like grilling her. And she just spends like hours complaining about Tom. Yeah, they make her do these hour, insane daily hour long audits to talk about how much like if she likes Tom to get rid of her negative thoughts about Tom because they forced her to move in with him. She's not allowed to contact anyone for because this is a top secret mission. Um, she wasn't even allowed to call her mom. They like abducted her and put her in this like prison of Tom Cruise's house. He truly is like a child and these girlfriends are like his toys. Like it's so bizarre. Yeah. Like they move her into his house and like she has to sleep in his bed with him and stuff. Yeah. Like immediately. Luckily he's celibate like a monk. And 
this whirlwind whirlwind romance lasts about a month i think yeah and i would say if you're dating someone for about a month and you have hours a day worth of things to get off your chest about (laughs) them maybe it's a bad sign but surprisingly nazanin was not the one to break off this little rendezvous um it was and it wasn't tom either it was someone in tom's entourage because Tom was um, busy working out and he didn't really want to talk to Nazanin. So someone in his entourage <laughs> informed her that Tom Cruise was breaking up with her. She was too boring or something. No, um, it was because they, t- were, they were on a ski trip and I guess she fell off of a like a snowmobile or something. So she was like, I'm going to go back to the room. I like I'm, I'm ha- I've had it. And then later that night, Tom is like, you have to come entertain David Miscavige. And she's like kind of out of it, super tired. He is like rambling as like cult leaders ought to do. And she Mm -hmm. says at at one point, she's like, oh, excuse me. Like, what did you say? Which you can't do in Scientology because one of their like main values is clarity and you have to like speak very clearly and stuff. So David Miscavige is supposed to be like the most clear communicator of all time. So her asking him, like, what do you mean by that? Was like it. And that was sort of the final straw. Yeah. So think back to that recording of Tom Cruise explaining Scientology. Like, you know that they really are clear with their words. So (laughs) how could she not understand him? Yeah, I'm sure it was absolute uh, like nonsense. Babble. She is for is kicked out, not brought back home. Um, brought to like some random Scientology building to be tortured for months. Tortured in Clearwater, Florida, as punishment for breaking Tom Cruise's heart, wasting his time. I don't know, like punishment for him not wanting to date her. And she's literally made to scrub toilets in the celebrity center for months. With like, like they make her get on her hands and knees and like pour acid on the floor and she has to get in there with like a toothbrush. Yeah. And she's still doing daily audits. And then I think finally they let her like call her mom and go home. But. Oh, the acid thing was because she was she was so distraught over the breakup because it was like everything about that relationship was so intense and weird. And she was so sad all the time. And they told her she wasn't allowed to tell anyone why she was upset. And finally, she broke down and told someone. So then I think they like added another month onto her sentence and like poor like this time she had to clean like with her bare hands and acid. That's right. Yeah. Cause she like revealed that she had been dating Tom Cruise, which I'm sure was in the papers yeah. and stuff. Cause he was like parading her around town, he's but making out with her in front of everyone yeah. to prove he had a girlfriend. It's so like my girlfriend's from out of town. I mean, <laughs> okay. Luckily no. though, Scientology had a stand in. Stand in. What do I mean? That's not right. That's not right. No. <laughs> Understudy. <laughs> Understudy. Okay. <laughs> Luckily, though, Scientology had an understudy, and that was Katie Holmes. Um, And their relationship, I'm pretty sure, like, the reveal of their relationship was that famous Oprah interview, which I had no idea it was, like, as crazy as it was. I know it's infamous, but... I literally couldn't even finish it. Sorry, guys. (laughs) It was so uncomfortable to watch. So, Tom, yeah, Oprah, like, calls him up, and then it's, like, 15 seconds of an audience full of women just screaming. And then Tom (laughs) comes on stage. He doesn't say a word. He just, like, falls to Oprah's feet. And then they sit down, and Oprah is like, what's going What's happened to you? And now Tom stands up, and he shakes Oprah. Um like really violently and he's like yeah. I'm in love and then he jumps up and then he like falls to the ground and he's pounding on the ground and then he shakes Oprah again and then he's like jumping on the couch and she's like I've never seen you behave this way and she mentions Katie's name and he repeats the like jumping and screaming and shaking not screaming he's silent and then he 
he's like, Katie will run up. She'll run out here. And so everyone's screaming, Katie, Katie. And we're like waiting for Katie to come on stage. And she doesn't. And then he runs backstage, goes in the green room, pulls Katie Holmes out onto Oprah's stage, like literally by her hand. He's like dragging her. (laughs) Still, he said like two words in this whole like three minute video. And Katie Holmes is just like smiling, like kind of. Yeah, she, Katie Holmes, I guess was like perfect for him and Scientology because she was just uh, I don't know showing up to literally every single interview he was at sitting on the sidelines and just looking pretty and giggling and she wouldn't say a word no words were spoken by her in all of these interviews from this time period she's literally always um in the audience and they'll cut to her and I'm like is this stock footage like did you get this years ago or something it's literally just the same video of her just like polite smiling it's so bizarre yeah and I, and I want to throw in an important timeline surrounding the Oprah interview Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes met in April. Mm-hmm. The Oprah interview slash them being in love that he's confessing his love for her is happens to be in May. Um, and then Katie falls pregnant in July. And you're thinking, oh, what years are those? Um, and that would all be 2004. <laughs> you remember Nazanin? Th- that was 2004 too. Just... <laughs> After this Oprah interview, Tom says the media is trying to make him look crazy because he's costing the pharmaceutical industry so much money. I would, having watched that video, is there any way that anyone could have spun that to make him seem sane? I don't think so. No, especially not like he'd met this girl a month before and they're like extremely secretive about how they met. Yes. No one, they won't even come up with a fake story. They just won't say anything. Literally, I think the PR team just moved so quickly in making this relationship happen that they forgot to come up with a story about how they met. And people will ask in interviews, like, how'd you two meet? And Tom is basically like, none of your business. And Katie just giggles. It's like, just say you met through friends. Like, what? You're so insane. Psycho. And his production, Tom's production company is also kind of getting fed up with him at this point because he keeps doing all these interviews where he he's either doing PR for Scientology or he's just jumping around and dragging Katie Holmes around and he's not promoting Mission Impossible anymore. The world of wars. We're, yeah. We're, uh, world of wars. We're <laughs> the worlds, which is what he was filming when like that set that Nazanin was on was the War of the Worlds set. So he's supposed to be doing PR and he's getting in like agitated fights with interviewers about his Scientology beliefs. So Brooke Shields, in 2005, she put out a memoir about her postpartum depression. She is not a Scientologist, by the way. Um, She talks about in her book, she talks about using prescribed antidepressants to help recover and this really makes Tom Cruise mad. Mad enough to somehow bring this up on an interview that's just supposed to be about the movie he's promoting. <laughs> War of the Worlds, which this is on um, Matt Lauer's What the Today Show. Yeah, yeah. They're probably filming it like 6 or 7 a.m. I don't know if it's live or not. He's screaming about Brooke Shields postpartum depression at like 7 a.m. on a weekday. Like you're out of your mind. He's ripping Matt Lauer a new one. And they keep, of course, Katie Holmes is there and they keep like, you know, doing their split screen like to show Katie Holmes' reaction. She's just giggling. Yeah. <laughs> and going on about how he's like, a he knows about like pharmaceuticals and like he, that Tom Cruise is the um, authority on them. Matt Lauer doesn't, I don't think he even asked about Brooke Shields. I don't know how it came up. No. Tom out of nowhere says, I never agreed with psychiatry. As far as Brooke Shields goes, look, I really care about Brooke Shields and I know 
psychiatry is a pseudoscience. And then Matt asks Tom if he doesn't believe in postpartum depression. And Tom says, there's no such thing as a chemical imbalance. Brooke Shields doesn't understand the history of psychiatry like I do. And then he accuses Matt Lauer of not knowing psychiatry and that Matt Lauer didn't do the right research for this interview. And if he wanted to call himself a true, like if he wants to be good at his job, maybe he'd do the research. As you all know, when when you're preparing for an interview with a celebrity promoting their new movie, you should research about um, postpartum depression. If you're interviewing a male celebrity um, about his movie for like a five minute segment on your morning morning (laughs) news. And he Tom doesn't list any facts or he doesn't explain himself at all. He just says, like, I know the most. I know the most. Here's the thing you have to understand with psychiatry. There's no science behind it. And to pretend that there's a science behind it is criminal. But he doesn't explain Mm -hmm. like whatever. He's just like, I know all the facts. What are the facts? I know all of them. He knows them. Um, Maybe if you did your research, then you would know them. (laughs) Did we say this already that Tom Cruise's um, dyslexia was magically cured by Scientology? Yeah. So... That's Tom's proof, I think, that psychology isn't real. Would someone who can't read be on TV fact-checking a memoir he didn't read? Yeah. I don't think so. He also gets in a fight with um, a, like an Australian reporter for 60 minutes. I think, what, what else? Wasn't this also about psychology? Yeah, it was a very similar thing where um, the interviewer asks oh. i guess about his relationship with nicole kidman he's like mm-hmm. nicole kidman lives in australia blah 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 like you're here a lot what's your relationship like, like with are her? you still yeah are you still on good terms whatever yeah and so tom like f- immediately turns on him and he's like you've crossed a line whatever yeah, um and they start arguing where the interviews the interviewer is just like oh i will be you know, you are a celebrity and people want to know about your life. Isn't this a question you expect to get? And Tom's like, how dare you ask me that question? He said, you're stepping over a line. I'm telling you right now, put your manners back in. And before the interview, Tom forced this man to go to a four hour crash course on psychology. I'm not psychology. Scientology. Like he made him go to his like the Church of Scientology and take a class before he would agree to do the interview. Yeah. And the interviewer is like, I've interviewed my fair share of celebrities and they usually have requirements. Like you have to watch whatever movie they're in or you have to read their new book or whatever. But Tom Cruise's team asked me to head to the Scientology Celebrity Center for four hour crash course. And Tom gets annoyed at him for bringing it up, too. Yeah. He's like, we didn't make you do that. And the interviewer is like, it felt like I had to. Tom Cruise is like, that's your choice. That's because Scientology was drawing you in because like it's the best religion in the world. And the interviewer asks Tom, like, what what do you feel about people think thinking you're part of a cult. And then Tom misdirects by going on this weird rant about how he thinks it's appalling that they're still burning synagogues in France and that Muslims are discriminated Mm -hmm. against and that there's racism and that people are addicted to drugs. And then he's like, I've personally helped people get off drugs, which at first I was like, what is he talking about? Like, is he just lying? And then I thought, no, David Miscavige and like the higher ups in Scientology are probably telling Tom, like, because of your contribution, like this many people sorry, this many people are now off drugs because of your work or whatever. So they're, they're probably just yeah, like feeding that to him. Yeah, his whole entourage. I mean, it must be their job is to like spy on him and make him happy. So and like make him believe in Scientology. And like, that's it. And if they're boosting so his sure. ego so much about it, he probably does believe like, yeah, I have helped people get off drugs by. Yeah. By being myself. Personally, I did it. And 
yeah, this poor like um interviewer, he's just like sitting there so confused. And then he tries to bring the question back around. And Tom's like, how would you feel it if your religion was being called a cult? He's like, well, I would be upset. That's the thing about these like cult leaders and stuff is like, you don't have to, if you just act a little less crazy, people would buy into it. Like if the interviewer was like, how do you feel about like people calling you a cult? And Tom was like, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty sad because we, we we're not a cult and we really help people. But instead mm-hmm. he goes on this crazy rant about discrimination and racism and all this stuff. And it's like, uh, now you sound like you're in a cult. Yeah. You sound insane. But let's go more. I'm going to bring us back to uh, Katie Holmes because I forgot about this, but this was a big deal that um, Tom Cruise had bought a sonogram machine for his house so that Katie, depending on how you look at it, wouldn't have to or couldn't go to a doctor. Um, They did like all the pregnancy baby stuff at the house. He like set up a whole doctor's room. Oh, was the baby born before or after the wedding? Before, because Leah Remini writes in her book about how she found she like heard crying during the wedding. And then she went and found like all these women just standing in a circle around Surrey Cruz yeah. like, crying on the floor. And she was like, what? Pick the baby up. Because they, they all thought she was like, God. Yeah, because they like stopped allowing babies, like stopped allowing babies and kids in the 80s or 90s, maybe in the 90s. And they treat. Children like adults, like they're very bad with babies and kids and like none of their kids get an education because they're all like schooled through Scientology. But yeah, Surrey is like the one baby. Um, But yeah, so they have their beautiful daughter, Surrey. Um, And it's a similar, you know, their home life is similar, if not exactly the same as like his and Nicole's where like... Mm -hmm. They've got their servants who are reporting back to David Miskovich, everything that's happening inside the house. And then Tom, creative genius, proposes on top of the Eiffel Tower. That is also, to me, is the same thing as for a first date, going to sushi and ice skating. And yeah. I can't explain that further, but that's my theory. No, yeah, it's right. That's correct. It's on someone's Pinterest board. And then they have an intimate ceremony. Of 150 guests, including mm-hmm. John Travolta, Steven Spielberg, Will Smith, who also has like a weird relationship to Scientology, um, Leah Remini. Uh-huh. And then Leah says that she was sort of forced to invite J-Lo, who didn't know Tom or Katie, but Scientology wanted mm-hmm. to recruit her. And it was a beautiful, intimate affair. There was no nothing weird about it at all. Katie's dad was not a fan of this marriage and he was very wary of tom cruise and really didn't like it um and her dad is like her saving grace in all of this and this is why the outcome of her divorce is so vastly different than nicole kidman's because her dad drew up um had made the most intense prenup like probably ever written in the world it was so perfectly planned out that this divorce took 11 days. Their divorce only took 11 days to um, be finalized. Which is which insane. I, think, I feel like that's unheard of, like, especially with that much money. 
and normal and like houses and stuff. Normal divorces can mm-hmm. take years. And this wasn't an amicable divorce. Like it was very one sided. But the prenup, the document itself filled up five banker boxes. Uh, it was five banker boxes of paper and a banker box. For those of you who have been fired or those of you who have seen someone be fired on TV, it's when like you have to clean up your desk. <laughs> That's a banker box. <laughs> five of those. Five of those. And I don't know, I guess Scientology must have thought they had such a hold on like Katie and she was so enamored with Tom that she would never leave that like they would okay him signing that. Yeah, I don't know how he got away with that. So, okay, we're talking about the divorce because their relationship is really like, ugh. Anyway, the divorce is more interesting. Um, But so Tom was filming in Canada or something for a movie. And I think when did this happen in 2012? I really remember this divorce happening. It was a huge deal because no one knew there was anything wrong. They had been this like psycho in love couple and all this stuff comes out about Tom, about Scientology, because people felt that she had to have been trapped. This was obviously planned so far in advance and she needed to leave while he was gone. And like literally in the night with her daughter, it really shined a negative light on Tom Cruise and Scientology mm-hmm. because, yeah, because he was um, blindsided. He did no idea they were going to get divorced. Katie got custody of Surrey. Katie was able to put Surrey was like five at this point. Katie was able to put Surrey into school unheard of. And then and then he was like given visitation. I guess it's good that Surrey was born before they got married, because I'm sure all this stuff about Surrey was written into the prenup as well. Oh, yeah. That, you're probably right. Yeah. Because she at least like her and her dad knew what had happened to Nicole and everything that happened with her and the kids. I think her dad was like, there's no way my daughter He's like, hopefully my daughter will divorce this man at some point. And there's no way my daughter's losing her daughter mm-hmm. to Scientology. Um because I don't think that Surrey was able, like that Tom was able to see Surrey alone and like definitely not chaperoned by a sign by like other Scientology people. Like, I think there had to be a non Scientology person there. Yeah. But unlike his marriage to Nicole, like he, him and Katie have more of a, I wouldn't say they're friendly, but they're allowed to talk to each other. Um, yeah. Like Katie is an, is not an SP. Right. But yeah. So they, separate tom is still in scientology leah remini who is like a famous anti-scientologist former scientologist she writes in her book that one of the main reasons she started to get suspicious of the church is that they were letting tom get away with whatever he wanted and they i mean like we've said they just treat him like a god he's the chosen one he's the one who's meant to spread the word of the religion so he kind of can get away with behavior that other scientologists are not allowed to get away with. Um, like one time she's in his kitchen and Tom tells the staff members who, like Maddie said, are unpaid Scientology members sent to serve Tom Cruise. He tells them that he wants to make cookies for his guests. He walks in the kitchen. He doesn't see the cookie dough. So he starts screaming at the Scientologist staff. He says weird stuff like, be in the present, live in the present. Where's the cookie dough? It's just like totally abusive. The cookie dough is sitting on the counter. He just like doesn't see it. And the staff are too scared to correct him. And tell him that like he's wrong it's right there so eventually leah is like oh wait look here it is and then like 
Oh, and Tom is screaming at them like, I'm up, me and L. Ron Hubbard are up here oh, yeah. and you're down here. Um, <laughs> like, like middle school, like insults. Yeah. I mean, he is truly a child. Yeah. If anything, like Tom Cruise was a toddler trapped in an adult's body. Yeah. What uh, if I was going to. Weird... What? What if his weird sex thing was like he liked to like nurse? <laughs> like he's a baby. Like he was like. Yeah. But like literally like like if he was like, no, I want there to be milk. <laughs> like like literally nurse on a woman. Since he was such a weird thing about his mom. Oh, totally. I wonder if that's Tristan Thompson's thing. I, I want people to sound off in the comments. What do you think Tom's weird sex thing is? Because everyone <laughs> yeah, who's dated him, everyone who's been married to him is like, there's this weird thing. Oh, and then we, I don't know if we mentioned this, but when the Miscaviges at like 3 a.m. at their parties are playing Tom's audits, they mention everyone laughing about Tom's sex secrets. Oh, yeah. so like, what are they? What is it? What if he's like, I like make them put on a mask of my mom. I record my mom. I put a play my mom singing a lullaby. It has to have something to do with his mom. Yeah. Don't you think? I, I would think given his toddler tantrum tendencies, it, it does have to be that he likes to be a baby. It's something child. Yeah. What if he's like, I have to put on a diaper and have you like change it for me. I mean, like, I can picture just, it so clearly. Like, that's the foreplay. Like, he comes in in a dirty diaper. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I could see it. <laughs> well, that's some ideas. <laughs> Sound off in the comments. <laughs> I know everyone always, like, everyone always talks about, like, oh, Tom Cruise is secretly gay and stuff, and that's why he's getting set up in all these marriages. I have to say, I think it's something truly dark. I don't think it's just that he's gay. I think there's some real darkness because one, they keep hinting at it. And two, like he could just come out at this point. Like, yeah, it wouldn't be that much gay, of a big like, secret. People wouldn't be keeping like, oh, like it's just, you know, not as big a deal anymore. And like, no, I don't. I can't imagine. It's not that like simple. It's not something normal. No. Yeah, I agree. Being gay is normal. You guys, it's not something like as normal and simple as that. No, I think the reason that he was complaining that he couldn't get a girlfriend is the number one Hollywood celebrity. I think the reason that David Miscavige keeps has to set him up and that he can't leave Scientology because he has all these secrets. I think he has a fetish where he likes to pretend he's a giant baby. <laughs> and I think he makes his girlfriends change him. What do you think? Haven't you seen those like videos of like true life? Like I'm I'm an adult baby and like yeah. they sleep in a crib and like they have like it's normally women i think and they mm -hmm. have their like boyfriend like bottle feed them and i that's tom cruise i think so and that's why that's why they don't allow babies in scientology because tom cruise is the number one baby <laughs> <laughs> no one can outshine him that's why he didn't even want to see surrey because she took his spot <laughs> yeah he's like the jealous older sibling first his mom got remarried and now he couldn't be as in love with his mom anymore and then Suri had a baby. Suri is a baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Suri is the baby. Katie is the mom. And he couldn't have tantrums anymore, which is a big. No. I don't know if we really talked about it enough, but Tom is big into tantrums. That it, That's his favorite he, thing is to throw a tantrum. He is always throwing a tantrum. The cookie dough. Another and time his assistant serves him tea in a chipped mug and he flips out and yells at them. And he's like, who, do you know who drinks out of chipped mugs? Degraded beings drink out of chipped mugs. 
degraded beings. <laughs> and the reason that this is like so bad, aside from being so embarrassing, is that in Scientology, they have one of their like core beliefs is that each human has a reactive mind that responds to life's traumas, clouding your analytical mind and keeping us from experiencing reality. It's nonsense. But what they're saying is that auditing is supposed to find the sources of your trauma and neutralize them, meaning like these reactive emotional responses are very anti-Scientology. And mm -hmm. if you're a person who's been audited over and over and over, you're really supposed to be like a calm, non-reactive person. And of course, that makes you easier to control and stuff, which is why they preach that. But again, that doesn't apply to Tom. Right. So when Tom like flips out and stuff, it's not just embarrassing because he's acting like a baby. It's really like damning for the church because it's like, oh, mm -hmm. one of your most high up people can't control their emotions. What does that say about the efficacy of auditing and all that stuff? Yeah, he's not very convincing like number one Scientologist when he's screaming at interviewers. Yeah. But so Healy, what do you think? Would you have dated Tom Cruise? I mean, there's still a chance. Um, oh, you know, I used to be like really charmed by Tom Cruise in like risky business and stuff. I was like, yeah, he's really cute. Um, now, no, I know the tantrums are like, I, I can see why he had to audition girlfriends through his cult yeah. and force people to live with him. Yeah, I think. There's something about Tom Cruise that looks stupid. So I don't think I could ever get past like him literally like seeing stupid on his face. <laughs> stupid is written all over him. Not that he could read it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, it's a cut that my mom is dyslexic and she's going to listen. <laughs> He's illiterate, not just dyslexic. <laughs> He literally can't read. <laughs> and that is true. We're not just making fun of him. He literally couldn't no. read until after he had done a few movies. Yeah, he literally could not read. I mean, maybe to read. this day, but he says Scientology cured him. Yeah, no, not interested. Would you join Scientology? You know, I don't think so. Scientology, like, it seems like they rely a lot on you willing to, like, provide slave labor. And I don't think I could get behind that. Yeah. Like if, you know, I, especially cause we'd be like on the low, we'd be way low end of a way low level members. So we'd like have to be like breaking rocks, like, <laughs> and like, you know, something. breaking rocks in the celebrity center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't think, I don't think I would. How about you? Yeah. I think I wouldn't be caught dead sharing my emotions recorded or not. I like psychology, but these science-based cults often bore me. Um, I don't think they have the best celebrities. No. like and who, their headquarters who is... are in Clearwater. There's three strikes. Yeah. yeah, like, okay, what even cool celebrity is a Scientologist? They have, oh, you know who I actually like? Um, what's her name? Kate Moss. No, is that her name? Kate? No, not Kate Moss. No, Elizabeth you're Moss. talking about The Handmaid's Tale? Yeah, Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, it was a bummer to find out that she's a Scientologist. Yeah. Given what um, The Handmaid's Tale is about, I wonder if she draws any parallels to her life. <laughs> Receiving end of the like badness of the cult. Like she was raised in it too, which is strange. Oh, was she? Mm -hmm. So she probably was on the receiving end. So she didn't go to school then, did she? I don't know. Maybe we'll have to look into Elizabeth Moss. <laughs> Yeah, she's a one. And that's next episode or later. <laughs>
Maybe. We'll see if we <laughs> stick to our. Yeah. But yeah, we hope you guys like that. Obviously, we're really entertaining. Um, Tom Cruise is a psycho. Hit us up at God told us to tell you to the number you the letter on Instagram and TikTok. Send us in suggestions for cults and stuff. <laughs> Catch you yeah, later. any cults, any cults that you guys are interested in, um, send our way or like a documentary or book or a interesting article. Yeah. Or even anything. just a, a celebrity name. Obviously, we'll mm-hmm. talk about it for two we'll hours. Dive right on in. <laughs> All right, that's it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye.